TII, item 307, May 14th, 2014. Tim Cook says beats it to Dr. Dre. Welcome to Today in iPhone. I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn the top software, creative, and business skills from easy-to-follow video tutorials at lynda.com. To start your free seven-day trial, visit lynda.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending in the music here in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob. Made the song with iPhone 4S using the GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, JeffJ. Well, thanks, Jeff, for the music. And folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Kurt Lee for sending in the artwork for today's show. Kurt Lee wrote the following. Hey, Rob, I took this picture of a drawing done by my friends to show their appreciation for the podcast. I took the pic in HDR mode with my iPhone 4 and enhanced it with the built-in editor. Regards, Kurt Lee from St. Lucia. Curtly, thanks again for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Curtly's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 307. Or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote, quote, We've all heard countless opinions about whether Apple's iPad will be a hit. There is no doubt that the iPad is a slick, sexy device, but I don't think it will be an overwhelming success. In the end, I think the iPad will eventually be regarded much like Apple TV, a product that Jobs should have left on the drawing boards. Unquote. Donovan Colbert, Tech Republic, 23rd, February 2010. This is the type of advice we need to remember next month when Apple introduces iOS 8. If there is one new feature that all the talking heads pan, that is the one that will be a big hit. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 306, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the apps Grand Canyon, Antarctica, San Jacinto, and Files Finder Edition. We will be giving out those promo codes sometime this week. If you'd like to learn more about these apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 306 for more details. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. What I was going to start this episode's title out as was a tough call. Was it The Beats Go On? A Bad Beats? Apple beats to the sound of its own drummer. No one beats Apple. But really, at the end, I just felt Tim Cook says beats it to Dr. Dre was the best, well, at least from an SEO point of view. This, of course, is all about Apple's reported agreement to buy Beats Audio to the tunes of $3.2 billion with a B. Yes, $3.2 with a B billion dollars. 
that is by far the largest acquisition Apple has ever made, and actually multiple times bigger than the next closest, which was well under $1 billion. But people like Google and Facebook, well, this is yawn, just a mid-sized at best acquisition. But for Apple, this is huge. As soon as the news on this broke, and by news I mean rumors, followed by a Facebook video of Dr. Dre saying he's the first hip-hop billionaire, Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine own 75% of Beats, 25% as of it was owned by HTC or is owned by HTC. If you remember a few years ago, HTC paid $300 million for a 50% stake in Beats. Then in mid-2012, Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine purchased back half of that 50% to get them back up to a um, 75% ownership. They paid $150 million to get that 25% back. That's a pretty good buyback in hindsight now. Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine's shares each are now worth $1.2 billion of that reported and rumored $3.2 billion sales price. So each of them are now worth $1.2 billion, which matches up well with Dr. Dre's comments about being the first hip-hop billionaire. Congrats to both Dr. Dre and Jimmy. Obviously, this is a great deal for both of them. Oh yeah, back to that part. As soon as the news broke on this, a lot of the tech press jumped on one side of the fence or the other with, this is great, yay Apple, or this is horrible. What was Apple thinking? I look at it like this. Beats is rumored to have had about $1.5 billion in revenue last year. If that is true, or close to true, then the $3.2 billion is a steal. Google spent the same amount for Nest, and Nest's revenue was microscopic in comparison. Same with Facebook and, and their purchase of WhatsApp. Apple purchased a great brand, a status symbol, something that's cool, and something generating a good deal of revenue at a good margin. From a financial point of view, it looks and smells like a good deal. I worked at Dover Corporation for quite a while, and it was a pretty much as conservative a company as you can get. And there is a, there is, when it came to acquisitions, and it did a lot of those acquisitions, and based on the revenue to purchase price multiple, the Apple purchase of Beats is better than some, if not most, of what Dover did. And again, Dover was very conservative. That's an old school manufacturing corporation. So fiscally, it looks like a good deal. Marketing-wise, also looks like a good deal. Per anything else, does it really matter? If Apple gets anything out of Beats audio subscription service, that's just gravy. But current reports show that the number of registered users is microscopic compared to iTunes users. Some reports saying less than 150,000 registered users. At the end of the day, I think it was a good acquisition that might also just be a boring acquisition to most. Not all acquisitions need to be about what might happen in the future and made at a ridiculous 100 to 1,000 times revenue multiples. It is okay to make a nice conservative, less than 3x multiple acquisition that fits with your current business. And that's what this seems to be. Plus it is also opens up speculation on what Apple's next acquisition might be. Anyone say Netflix? Okay, maybe not. But they should have done that one two years ago when the market cap was almost one-tenth of where it is now for Netflix and before Carl Icahn got back or got involved with Netflix which right there is probably enough to keep Apple from ever buying Netflix. 
also did some digging into some past episode show notes where I mentioned Beats headphones back in early December 2013, episode 290, when talking about Black Friday shopping and surveys, quoting myself, quote, InfoScout's results are based on surveys of 3,000 shoppers at Target on Thanksgiving and Black Friday, and what they found was the number one item purchased with 8.2% of Target sales was the iPad Air 16 gig Wi-Fi. Number two with 7.5% of sales was the iPad Mini, iPad Mini, 16 gig Wi-Fi. And taking the bronze in third place was the iPad Air 32 gig Wi-Fi with 2.4% of sales. Number four was Beats headphones at 2.4% as well. Nothing else was over 2%, unquote. So interesting, at least at Target, now, Apple would have had the top four most purchased items last Black Friday. And I think right there in that little nutshell, that little quote, shows you the synergy between Beats headphones and Apple. I think the big question to me is, does Dr. Dre stay involved with Beats? Is he part of the deal? How long is he locked into this acquisition? Because a lot of times you're going to lock somebody in for a certain period of time when they do the acquisition. So will be interesting to see what the first billionaire in hip-hop, what his agreement with Apple is to stay on and how long. Thanks to Chris W. and quite a few others for this next story, which is about another exploit in iOS 7.1.1. This time it's about getting access to a user's contact list. The exploit was discovered by Sharif Hasim and works with the Siri service available from lock screen. Activate Siri and give her instructions to make a call or send a text, followed by inputting a single letter and then selecting other from the available options. You can then gain access to the full contents of the device's contact list. Some articles said you should be able to or you could get access to text messages and emails. I did not see that as being possible. I tried a few different times. I could not get access to text messages or emails. Anyway, add this to last week's issue of the unencrypted email enclosures, and it makes the arrival of iOS 7.1.2 an almost certainty before the end of the month and the start of WWDC, maybe even out by the time you hear this episode. Seems like Apple may have taken their eye off of the iOS 7.x ball and put all their good people on iOS 8. Hmm, wonder if this means iOS 8 is going to be a major update. Okay. That's just a little bit of the fanboy in me spinning it there. Hey, Gula! Oh, yeah. Thanks again to Linda for sponsoring this episode. If you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you will get a seven-day free trial to their service. They offer over 2,000 high-quality video courses, tutorials taught by industry experts, these courses cover subjects including business skills like SEO, viral marketing, content marketing, and negotiating. There are software video courses covering MS Office, Adobe Creative Suites, Final Cut Pro, and of course, there are iOS app development courses. There are over 30 iOS courses available at lynda.com. One new tutorial small business owners would be interested in is one called Upping Running with Square Register. Quote, if you run a small business or freelance, chances are good that you are looking into portable payment processing systems you can run with an iPad or iPhone. Enter Square Register, the leading mobile payment app for iOS devices, 
And it's not just for businesses on the go. Many companies are using Square Register and an iPad as their primary point of sale system. In this short course, Jess Stratton shows you how to set up an account, use a Square Reader to process payments, set prices and discounts, and enter products and inventory, unquote. And that is just one of the over 2,000 tutorials which are all available to you for one little monthly fee of just $25. And again, they are adding new ones every week. Actually, Tuesdays around 10 a.m. is fun time for me, 10 a.m. Central Time. It's like an email telling me about some of the new tutorials released in the past week. Again, this is an all-you-can-eat monthly service. Watch anytime, as often as you like, from your computer or iOS device. There are searchable transcripts along with closed caption transcripts. And you don't need to take my word for the breadth and quality of their tutorials. You can check them out right now for yourself for free for seven days by going to lynda.com slash TII. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash T-I-I. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this episode. Hi, Rob. I'm calling about the, one of your callers in your last episode asked about an, an app that he could download YouTube videos straight from his phone. I actually have one that I've been using called T-Downloader, although I did notice I was going to look to see who the dev was for that. And as far as I could tell, I could not find it again in the App Store. I don't know if it's still available or not or if it changed names. But uh, the one I have been using is called T-Downloader, capital T, capital D. But uh, if that helps, uh, maybe uh, you can locate something on that one. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for the heads up on P-Downloader. Right now, it does look like it's not being listed in the App Store, although if you type in pdownloader, it recognizes it, so that means it's been in recently. Sometimes these apps get pulled because they're being updated, and then they come back, so that's why I'm going to go ahead and play that, because by the time people hear this, maybe pdownloader will be back. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I believe a listener, John, was asking if there was an app that would allow you to watch YouTube videos offline on an iPod Touch, which can only run iOS 6. Well, happy to say there is an app. It's called Institube, best player for YouTube, by a company called HQ Media in the UK. App Store, it is a 1.49 pounds. You can watch the videos through the app, but also gives you the ability to cache it into your device so you can get, watch it at a later date without the need for an internet connection. I have to give kudos to my son, Callum, who found this app and he uses it all the time, and that he will download a YouTube video on his iPhone and then watch it on the train on his way to school and not have to worry uh, me with the possibilities of him going over his data cap. I hope this is a, the sort of app that John's after. Kind regards, Mark T. Quarry Bank, UK. Well, thank you, Mark, for that reply. Hi, Rob. Some apps to download YouTube videos include Institube and Institube 2. Regards, Paul H. So there's another vote for Institube. This is Jonathan of ForumFilmCast.com responding to the question about an app for downloading YouTube videos. The app I have in mind is called Media Burner. I'll send screenshots to illustrate how it works. There is something annoying that I should warn you about, and that's these sort of pop-up video ads, I think they're 20 seconds long. Pretty annoying. Thanks again to everyone who sent in suggestions there on apps to download YouTube videos. We are now well over 700 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One question in the Google Plus community this past week came from Joe V, 
who was asking in the comments for my post about episode 305 about the Wi-Fi hotspot called the Photon Platinum. And I mentioned that was just $31 and change delivered from Freedom Pop. Well, it seems some others have had issues finding it, at least at that price. And it looks like this is an issue of where you live. In some places, it is available because WiMAX is available. Sprint's original 4G network is available as WiMAX. And in those cases, like for me, it is just listed under devices at $24.99. But if you live in an area not covered by the 4G WiMAX service, then it is listed at $99 if it's listed at all. Also, thanks to Jeff B., John H., Kirk G., Rick C., and Tarek F. for friending me on Freedom Pop. My email is todayinios at gmail.com. Friending me and me accepting means we both get an extra 50 megabyte of data for the month. So if you do join Freedom Pop, make sure to friend me. Per the community this past week, there were dozens and dozens and dozens of other new posts in the Google Plus community, and all in an Android Boys free zone, and usually a spammer free zone. Yep, it is most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Oh, and last week I did drop my guard for a minute and let a spammer get through the gates. Thanks to those that let me know he was quickly kicked out of our garden and blocked from ever coming back. But it is back to a spam-free zone again, I hope. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 700-plus of you that are already in the community and contributing. Well, at least those of you that are not spamming in the community. Back on episode 300, we talked about how a couple of countries were getting the iPhone 5C, the 8-gig version. And, well, now comes word that the 8-gig 5C is also going to make its way to India. Really surprising news. That is one of the BRIC countries, and those are the ones that Apple has to be a little bit more aggressive on pricing to get any real market share there. The 8-gig 5C never made its way to the U.S. and likely never will, or at least not for a while, a long while. But nice to see that that version, or at least how the rumor is saying, that version will soon be in India because that is one place where Apple doesn't have a significant share or really a meaningful share at this point in time. Finally, we're starting to talk about some good iOS rumors. And that is for the iPad, Apple will introduce or is supposed to introduce a split screen mode in iOS 8, where two apps can work at the same time side by side. So you could, in theory, have the Twitter and Facebook app up at the same time right next to each other. Because, you know, you have no life, well, not real life, just a virtual life. If nothing else, I like this feature because, well, it screws up all those ads from Sammy and Microsoft slamming the iPad for not being able to do this. It is rumored if this feature is introduced in iOS 8, it would only work in landscape mode, which makes sense. I wonder if that means the apps would then default to their iPhone versions if they are universal apps. Two iOS apps in portrait mode would fit next to each other quite nicely in landscape mode on an iPad. What would be cool is to have, say, like the Boss Jock app next to, say, Safari or Evernote. I could read my show notes as I record. That would be cool. I am sure you and I and others will think of some great features or ways to use two apps next to each other. And if you have two apps that you would like to run next to each other, let me know what those are. 206-666-6364. 206 Moondog 
or send email to todayinios at gmail.com. Based on side-by-side apps running in landscape mode, if those apps were then actually in the portrait mode versions of their iPhone versions, what two apps would you like to see side-by-side? At last, an iOS 8 rumor that if it does not come true on June 2nd, I can say I will truly be bummed about. Yeah, health book, just not getting me excited. This next one does not fit in the rumor section, not, not exactly, but since we don't have a flying pink elephant section, I guess it'll have to go here this time. And this is per the latest rumor that the iPhone 6 will be out in August. Um, no. Why do I say no? Because the same rumor happened last year and the year before. Actually, every year there is a rumor that the iPhone will launch one or two months before what most people think will happen. I would expect the iPhone 6 or whatever it or they will be called. They is probably a better phrase as I think there is going to be multiple versions. They will be launching right around the end of September again. And once more, that goes back to U.S. carriers getting Apple locked in this two-year product cycle that is synced to the end user's two-year contracts. So I don't think we'll see it in August. I'd be very, very surprised. And again, if you look back into past years, you will see there were also about a year ago a rumor it's going to be out in August, and two years ago it was going to be out in August. Neither of those came to be. I don't think this one's going to come to be either. Hi Rob, this is Salim from Montreal, Canada, and I'd like to ask you what are your top three iOS 8 features that you'd like to see? Personally, I'd like to see quick reply and also being able to set the amount of blur in the entire iOS, like the blur engine such as the dock. The third option would be probably night mode for iOS, or rather being able to set the brightness lower than the minimum because at night it's too high for me. I'd like to hear what are your three top three features you'd like to see. Thanks. Hi Salim, thanks for the feedback. Number one would be the aforementioned split screen mode for two apps running side by side on the iPad. Number two, the ability to install custom keyboards for use with any of the stock apps and any third party apps that will allow them. So this way we could have, you know, some, some of the nice keyboards that are out there that some of the Android guys get to use. So it'd be nice to add that ability in. Number three, the ability to password lock any app on your iOS device. This is apparent to me is a really ne- would be great feature. Just being able to lock down any app so I don't have to worry about my kids opening up the WTF app or the any, you know, any of the, because I have to deal with a lot of podcasts that aren't exactly G-rated and their own personal apps. And it would be nice to lock those down so my kids aren't hearing, hey, lock the gates and everything else that starts in the beginning of a WTF episode. So those are my three, split screen, custom keyboards, and ability to password lock any app. Folks, what are your three most desired new features, tweaks that you would like to see in iOS 8? Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206 Moon Dog, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Let me know your three most desired new features tweaks for iOS 8. Hi, Rob. I'm sitting at the LAX airport and just discovered quite by accident that AT&T has raised their app download cap to 100 megabytes. 
Not sure if you need to be on LTE, which I am on, or if it will work on 4G, 3G as well. That was a pleasant surprise, especially since I can download Leo's Fortune and play around with it on the plane. Regards, Lou V. Well, Lou, thank you for that feedback. Hey, Rob, this is Tim out of Chicago. I just wanted to throw a question at you, maybe a comment concerning episode 305, talking about the code in iOS 7.1 about the Apple TV for Siri. Could it be possible that that could also mean that they may be developing a new remote app that would allow Siri to communicate with the existing Apple TV? That certainly would be uh, interesting also. I use my phone for my uh, Apple TV periodically, so I don't know. It's not too far-fetched of an idea, and it keeps in line with, you know, the whole universal remote idea where you could actually uh, control everything from, from the phone, which would be, you know, kind of cool, too. So anyhow, I appreciate the show, Rob. Uh, keep up the good work. Hi, Tim. Thanks for the feedback. But I think in this case... What happens here is Siri wouldn't be working with Apple TV. Siri would be working with the iPhone in the scenario you say. So there would be no reason for Apple TV to be listed as one of the things Siri works with. Because in that case, Siri wouldn't be working with Apple TV. It would be working with the iPhone. And then the app that it's interacting with on the iPhone would be working with Apple TV. So as I went back and I looked through the notes again on that, it looks like what it's saying is that Siri would support working with Apple TV not that Siri would be working with an iPhone app that would then be working with Apple TV. So it looks like direct relationship or direct workings with Apple TV. So that means, in my opinion, a new remote for Apple TV and a new Apple TV, hopefully. But I just might be very wishful on this. Thanks to Michael for the heads up on this next one, which is a Kickstarter project called Legion Meter which the folks offering describe as, quote, a USB multimeter with integrated OLED display designed to accelerate your smartphone or tablet's charge speed up to 92% faster, unquote. Goal on this one was $10,000, just $10,000, which is nice to see something that low. They have already raised over $157,000, of which $39 came from me. But sorry, you will need to pledge at least $49, as the $39 and $44 levels are all gone. Delivery of these will be in October and November. Hopefully by then, I will have my SOS charger. What is cool about this is not only does it allow you to see how much power your device is pulling when charging, it also allows you to see how many milliwatt hours of charge it required to max off or top off your device thus letting you know what your current capacity is if you let your device run all the way down before charging. Oh, it also helps speed up charging by allowing more current to flow to the device. Apple restricts the level of charging to some devices for non-Apple chargers and even the Apple chargers. It looks like this gets around that, and with their accelerated charging mode, uh, you are supposedly able to greatly increase the speed of which your device charges, or so they claim. This project has until June 19th, 2014 at 1031 a.m. Central Time for you to get in on it. Now, I do not fund many of these projects because I would go broke if I funded each one I talked about, but this one I funded as soon as it went. I went to the site, and luckily I was able to get in on that early bird special. Thank you, Michael. 
I have a uh, pass-through meter right now that I have been using. I got it at uh, CES. And the LEDs kind of tell you roughly how much power is being drawn when it is charging a device. But most importantly, when the power level drops to zero, you know the device is fully charged. The Legion meter will tell you that and a whole bunch more. Really looks like a cool geeky device and one I hope to tell you a lot more about in October. Search for Legion meter, two words, in Kickstarter or in the show notes for episode 307. And an update on this already. They added a feature to allow for either quick accelerated charging or data pass-through. So if you want to do a sync during a regular charging cycle, you can. Or if you want the accelerated charging because, say, you got to go and get out of the house and want every last bit of charge in a very short period of time, well, you can do that too. Hi, Rob. I bought a 16-gigabyte iStick. We'll let you know how I like it when I receive the product. Regards, Steve from Arizona. Hi, Rob. I just backed the iStick on Kickstarter. Have you seen it yet? It is a USB stick on one side and a lightning plug on the other for transferring files to and from your iPad or Mac or PC. Pretty expensive, but looks genius. Why Apple hasn't made one already is crazy. It raised its funding goal of $100,000 in just over two hours, and most of the early bird specials were gone by the time I signed up, so had to go for the 8-gig one. Apparently, we'll ship in August, fingers crossed. Regards, Daniel in Pemberton, British Columbia. Steve and Daniel, thanks for pointing out this one, and thanks to others that pointed out as well. This project had an aggressive goal of $100,000, as Daniel mentioned, and it is already past 350 k and it has until June 17th at 2 a.m. Central Time for funding, so this one could easily break through a million dollars. Per what is available for funding now, the $79 unit, which is black or white, uh, iStick, with 8 gig of storage. There's a 99.16 gig version, a 129.32 gig, a 179.64 gig, and those are all the early, non-early bird specials. Now, there are about 400 of the $249 early bird specials for the 128 gig version still left. That last one goes up to $299 when those 400 uh, or less early bird versions are gone. If you watch the video uh, that you, you will see in it, them saying it works with a special free app for iOS, which looks to be called iStick. My question is, will that free app also work with other USB thumb drives? So if you were to take your $29 USB camera connection kit for Lightning and plug in an 8 gigabyte USB thumb drive, of which I have a few, would it work with them? I tried that out with some of the free apps in the App Store that kind of sort of look like they might work from their descriptions, and none of them did. But once the iStick app comes out, I will definitely try it out and see if that app works with what I have already. I will also keep trying other apps in the App Store. And if anyone finds one that works with their camera connection, USB to lightning cord, and a USB thumb drive, please let me know. 206-666-6364, 206-MOONDOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. For now, if you want to order one of the iSticks, search for iStick at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 307. One thing to point out is that this device is not something you can put apps or games onto. 
It is for movies, photos, music, i.e. media files, and also documents, PDF, Word, Excel, those types of, of docs. But not apps, repeat, not apps. I just want to make sure everyone knows that before buying this, as I had one person already mention that that was what they wanted it for, to put games on it. That not going to happen. Apple does not allow sideloading of games. And when you look at the video, you can see they just say it's for media files and documents. Hey, I have me a new toy to play with. Well, actually, a new bag for my toys. STM was nice enough to send me the new Drifter Medium Laptop Backpack. I got the red one. I like bright colors for my laptop bags. Makes it easier to see when you walk away from them and keep your eye on them. And if, God forbid, someone else walks away with it, it's easy to see them in a crowd. This is already now my new around town bag. When taking the kids to swimming lessons or chess tournaments or swim meets, it has a nice padded pocket for my 15-inch MacBook Pro and another for the iPad, plus lots of room for other items inside. And as with all STM bags, lots of different pockets that are really well thought out. And what I really like about this bag, it has a waterproof rain cover. I guess if you say rain cover, that kind of implies waterproof. Anyway, it's stowed away in the bottom of the unit, out of the way, until it rains. And then you can take that cover out and cover the whole bag. Which, if you are at an outside event, say like a swim meet in Kansas, that could happen at any moment, like it did to me last year. Uh, it has pockets at the top that are soft lined for iPhones. And, well, now also my Freedom Pop Wi-Fi hotspot. Yep, I'm all set for this weekend's chess tournament. Well, not my tournament. My son's playing in the chess tournament. I could put a few bags of chips and cookies in the backpack, plus our lunch, and take some water bottles, and my laptop, and one of the iPads, plus the Wi-Fi hotspot, power cords, an extension cord, a few other accessories. Put it all in there, and I'm all set. Thanks to STM for the bag to try out. And folks, look for the link in the show notes for episode 307 titled Annex, Drifter Medium Laptop Bag from STM. If you have a laptop and kids and kids events to attend, this is the perfect around town bag for you. I'm Blake, the developer of Tappy Lander. In my new game, you'll navigate a rocket with realistic physics through multiple screens of randomized traps. If you're feeling lucky, there are collectibles to pick up along the way, and you can go for trick landings for even more points. But what happens next is truly what sets this game apart and what I'm the most proud of. When you safely land, you have to make a choice. You can either cash in your points and end the game, or risk everything for more points on another run. It's an addictive combination of difficult gameplay, risk, and reward that is completely original on the App Store. Tappylander fully supports Game Center with four leaderboards and 14 achievements. Search for Tappylander in the App Store. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. VoiceStream is an app that reads text to you. It reads websites, PDFs, ebooks, and magazines while you drive or pretend to be listening to your significant other. I have been using this app for about two years and have been pretty happy with it. But now with this last upgrade, the app moves up to fantastic status. The big change is the new Ivona voices that are available as in-app purchases. VoiceStream has a free version, but if you are serious about listening to ebooks and such, you need to purchase the paid version. Ivona voices are $4.99 and worth every cent. 
The quality of the voice and the ability to read text with human inflection is amazing. I also subscribe to Audible to get actor performance level presentation with books that will never be on Audible. Voice Dream is the way to go. Regards, Bob B. Remember, folks, if you're a developer like the developer of Tapulander or just a listener and have your favorite app like Bob B, send in those reviews, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG, or email them to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I've been hearing about a bill tracking app called Manila. Have you or any of your users used this app, and how safe is it really? You have to allow it to have access to your financial institutions. I like the functionality it promises, but don't want to do anything stupid that would open me up to identity theft. Thanks for all you do. Keep up the great work. Listener since episode one. Regards, Guy W. Hi, Guy. I've heard of other apps. I haven't heard of this one. I've heard of others like Mint that you have to open up your, you know, lift your kilt, so to speak, and give it access to stuff there. I am really hesitant on that. But then again, I'm really old school on this. I still balance my checkbook by hand. I don't do any online banking. I write checks and mail them out. I don't know. I guess I just old school when it comes to these things. So for me, something like this is not only not attractive, scares the bejeeves out of me. Now, maybe some other people will call in and say they use Manila and they love it and it's been great and they've been using it for years. I don't know. I really don't know anything about this. And others might say the same thing about Mint. No way, no how am I going to be using either of those apps anytime soon. Hi, Rob. Once again, the jailbreak community shows it can be faster and more efficient than Apple. Regards, Max C. And Max is talking about the jailbreak tweak, attachment encryptor. One word, of course. It is a fix for the iOS 7 mail attachment encryption bug, with bug in this case meaning not encrypted. And the fix is it is now encrypted. So again, attachment encryptor if you're jailbroken and you're concerned about someone physically getting hold of your iOS device and you want to uh, get all your mail attachments encrypted. Thanks to all of those that sent in this next one, quite a few of you. Which, well, this went right to the back of the show because, well, I think the last time I said I was done with J.D. Powers when I mentioned them. And if you remember that last time they did their consumer survey for tablets, somehow they had the Samsung Galaxy Tab beating the iPad. Forget for a moment that the iPad outscored the Galaxy in every category but one price. But in everything else related to consumer satisfaction, you know, usability and all the other good stuff, the iPad killed the Galaxy Tab, yet somehow the iPad came in second. If you looked at the scoring in the different categories last time, the Galaxy Tab had four out of five stars or less, and usually less in each category. And somehow it wound up with an overall rating of five stars. Huh? I remember saying it was not consumer satisfaction survey. It was a price satisfaction survey or something like that. I mean... Under that logic, a Kia would be a much better rated car than a Tesla. Anyway, new survey is out. J.D. Power has kind of seen the error of their ways and corrected their algorithm to put the iPad back in first place for consumer satisfaction overall once again. And yes, when you throw out the price part of the equation, the iPad trounced the Galaxy Tab. Still, that they had to tweak the algorithm to get the iPad back on top proves it's not a very scientific methodology. Of course, 
we knew that last time when an overall score of five out of five was achieved with not one category having five out of five or stars, but actually I think they call them power circles. So five out of five power circles. Clearly, they don't even know how to do basic averaging. And we're supposed to trust their surveys. Why? Hey, Rob, this is Jim. On um, the last podcast, uh, people were talking about Google Voice and Talkatone, and I just wanted to let uh, people know that even though that Google took out third-party uh, uh, apps using Google Voice, they were going to roll it into Hangouts. And even though they haven't rolled it out for their own operating system, they have uh, rolled it into the iOS app. So I use Google Hangouts um, to make calls out, outbound and incoming through Hangouts. And you can use it just like a normal your normal app, uh, telephone app. It works really good, and people should try that. Hey, Rob, it's Ed from Minneapolis. Calling in response to Mike from San Jose's question about a phone number other than his iPhone phone number that he could use for people making ARC inquiries, I have to recommend Google Voice. I use it myself in my business as my business number, and it works very well. Those numbers forward directly to whichever phone I want, including my iPhone, and I can make calls back from that number using the Google Voice app on my iPhone so the number stays focused for the end customer in either direction. Love your show. Keep up the good work. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I've used Downcast, Pocket Casts, and the Apple Podcast app pretty extensively, and Downcast is my favorite by far. It has the most options for sorting and playback. One of the things that sets it apart is a great feature called Import Media Files, which allows you, the user, to import audio and video files that may exist outside of any podcast feed. This makes Downcast both a podcatcher and a media downloader, eliminating the need for a separate audio-video downloading app. Pocket Casts is prettier, but not quite as feature-rich. As for Apple's podcast app, personally, I would only recommend it for people who want a free option. Regards, Jordan in Massachusetts. Hi, Rob. You might want to alert your listeners to this. You might get an email asking you to update your iTunes account. Don't do it. It's a scam. Look at the sender's name. It is I-T-N-U-E-S, not I-T-U-N-E-S. Regards, Bob B. in Hamilton, Ontario. Thanks, Bob, for the heads up on that. Hi, Rob. Reading around, and I don't think the following issue is device or iOS version specific, but for the record, I have an iPod Touch 5th Gen, the trusty iPad 2, and an iPhone 5S, all running iOS 7.1.1. But this problem only occurs on the iPhone. When I enter the Apple's App Store and attempt to update any app or apps, it prompts me for my Apple ID and password every time. Touch ID for purchase is, is enabled, and the correct Apple ID is in settings, iTunes, and App Store. The iPad and the iPod don't keep asking. Any ideas? Regards, Alf Crofts in the UK. Hi, Alf. I know for me, at least, on iOS 7.1.1, for any devices I checked, it prompted me for my Apple ID and password each time. Well, the password at least. I put in, it put in the Apple ID on its own. For the iPhone 5S, the first time after a restart uh, or where there's been a really long while for um, 
previous download, it asks for the password, but after that, the prompt was just for Touch ID. But if anyone else has any other thoughts, experiences like this, or like Alf had, let us know, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, this is Jesse in Los Angeles. I'm calling in response to the person who wanted to know about a second line, and I wanted to recommend a Google Voice account. I know he had looked into one, but wasn't quite sure. And a few of the features that I have found useful, I've had a Google Voice account for a number of years now, and I use it as my main phone number, but it would also be a great second line. You can download the Google Voice app, which everything could go directly to that, and it wouldn't have to be going to your phone, or you can send it to your phone. So, for example, you can have it ring. If somebody calls that, it could ring to your phone, to your cell phone, or to your home phone. Or if you had it, you didn't want that, it would just go to voicemail, and you could see it on the Google Voice app, or you could see it when you log on to the website. Um, it does a little transcript. It's not perfect, but it can kind of give you a general gist of what somebody is saying when they leave a voicemail. They can also have all of your voicemails and text messages forward directly to an email if you don't want to have to log on or look up, um, you know, log on to the Google Voice app. Or you can have things, it all sent directly to your phone, so your text messages and your and the calls and the uh, voicemails are all sent to your phone and you see them all as they come in. One of the other great features about it is that you can block people, which if you're giving out phone numbers to strangers and you don't want them to necessarily be able to access, um, to reach you at any point or have your actual phone number, that can be very useful. Anyway, just my two cents. There you go. Jesse, Ed, and Jim, thank you for your feedback on Google Voice. Thanks again to lynda.com for their support of TII. And if you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you will get a free seven-day trial of their service. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this show and for the free offer. If you want to know when new episodes go up, look at the TII app, not just as the best way to consume the show, but also a great way to get a push message when a new episode goes live or there is other iOS breaking news. Just $2.99 in the App Store. It helps you get the most out of the show, and it helps support the show at the same time. Plus, it makes it really easy to email or call the show with your feedback. Again, just search for TII in the iTunes App Store. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG, or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback could be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app or product review, good or bad. As long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. 
This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. Baby. Mm-hmm.